Welcome to Street Knowledge with Chris Graham. Welcome to the podcast. It is a Friday afternoon as we're recording. I am Chris Graham and I have here in studio a rare in-studio appearance uh, by a good friend of mine, Jerry Carter. Jerry helps cover ACC sports for us. Uh, a lot of football. We did some basketball. We did some softball. I think we're going to talk about a lot of things, Jerry. But uh, uh, you had this really neat idea. We, we've been we've had it on the shelf for a few weeks as we've been trying to get through the spring season. But Jerry, what do you got for us today? Well, Chris, I want to take first of all thank you for having me and thank you for opening up your studio to me. Two small pieces of personal business I want to take care of real quick. One, I got to say I want to give a shout out to the the Christopher Newport captains. Those of you that are not familiar, it's a small D3 school down in Newport News. I was down in Salem a few days ago because they just finished off a 47-in-1 season. They opened the season with 23 straight softball victories, got beat uh, one day, lost a game, came back and ran off 24 more. So I, I was down there, and I, I joke about it with a crowd like that. It's a family and friends type thing. Yeah. You know, you know, again, the, 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 the beauty of it is you get, if you're not there, you can watch it on NCAA.com for free. But those what those young ladies did and their coach has been there almost two decades. I, I just wanted anytime somebody from our old dominion does something special, you want to be able to say kudos. So kudos to the folks at Christopher Newport. For our local listeners, I, I, I can't remember the young lady's name, but there's a Buffalo Gap High School alum. Uh, who is one of the players? Yes, the team, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah. That and that actually ties into the next little thing I wanted to mention. Alan Knight actually last week captured his 600th softball victory. Now he's over a thousand, and he's at uh, uh, Page County, County High, High School, School, right? Who right. was knocked out of the state tournament last year by the young lady from Buffalo Gap okay. in a nine inning a nine inning affair. So I just wanted to take care of those two things before we got started. And, and Chris, a lot of the things that you and I have talked about over the years, a lot of them have just been for fun. It's stress relief, kind of a fun thing. I, 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 I love what we did with the football this year. I, I, I appreciated the heck out of you letting me do it because it was just fun. I said, this one here, I honestly think could work. Okay, this isn't, this is, I'm not gonna go door to door and tell people, trade Boston College for Appalachian State, <laughs> just because I think that's what happened. I, I, don't, I don't have that time or energy to do it. I said, but this one here, I think would work and not in a ha-ha kind of way, but I think it would work here. And so the first thing that I wanted to do was now that Coach K is retired, okay, we're going to quit hearing that Coach K had some kind of recruiting advantage because he was the Olympic coach, okay? He did. He, he did. It's gone now. So now here's my problem. This is the UVA side of me saying, I have a problem, okay? Why is it that every year when we kick off the tournament, okay, or we kick off the season, Michigan State, Kentucky, Kansas, and Duke get the spotlight un uninterrupted? It's their spotlight, and somebody is deeming them the four best teams, most four relevant, whatever word you want to use. I'm going, how is somebody not complaining about that? How is how how is that not a recruiting tool? How is it when you open the door, I don't have to convince you that I have a good program. I'm one of the four teams. So 
all of the years and all the management training that I've done and managers I've taught, I said, here, I got one thing I need you to do, okay? Don't ever bring me a problem if you can't bring me a solution. I have the solution now. I have created a solution. Now, the first thing I want to do, I want to go backwards for just a second and give you the precedent, okay? I, 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 it's a few years ago, Chris, it might have even been a decade ago by now, Chick-fil-A announces, Chick-fil-A announces, we're going to have a game. We're going to have a kickoff game, and this game is going to stand on its own. It's going to be the official start of the college football season. What do we call that game now? We call it week zero. It's now become an entire week. Okay. The, I, it was this year we started calling it week zero. It's no longer one game. It's a series of games. Some of them are special, high-end matchups. Others are just saying, hey, let me play a game here while I can get on TV when there's less games on TV. So I'm going, that's my precedent. That's my backbone of why this would work. This is a made-for-TV event. So if there's somebody out there listening that has access to $5 million that wants to underwrite this, I said, you would make $50 million with it. Remember when football season was disappointing for the ACC and you and I and we're going, what do we start doing? And you can't wait until basketball season starts. So this is where I need your level of expertise because I'm building a field now. We're no longer going to have a four-team event, okay? That's out the window. That is an unfair recruiting thing. And first of all, I think it's in this world of equality, I'm not sure how the thing stands on its own. How, how do you, who gets to decide who's the, I'm using my air quotations, who's the blue blood? Who's this? Who's that? So here's, here's, my, here's my thought process. We're going to have eight of those events, okay? And we're going to have it over a three-day period, and we're going to borrow the model from European soccer, okay? So what you're going to have is you're going to have a four teams, and they're going to, whatever you want to call it, you want to call it premier class one, and you're going to go, you're going to go one through eight, okay? Uh-huh. So now where the European soccer comes into play, Chris, teams do what over there? They get moved up. They get moved down. Okay. There's it's a one-day event. So there's no winner to this. Two teams win, two teams lose, everybody makes a million dollars. Okay. And then we do it all again. And we with the four same teams get to come back. Okay. So I'm sitting here, I work this out. I go, I got a 30, I got a 32 team event. You're gonna people are just gonna eat this up. It's gonna be the kickoff event to the season. Now, here's the thing. Okay, you have the four teams. You you have the four teams. How do you get from four to 32? Okay. And then how do you reduce? In other words, this year, okay, let's take a look at those four teams. Okay. You got Kentucky, Kansas, Duke, Michigan State. Okay. There is no winner to the event. So what do you, you what do you, what's the measuring stick? Somebody's getting removed. Somebody's getting dropped down to tier two. Okay. So I can't, that one I had an answer for. They're the results that they performed in the previous NCAA tournament. Well, Kansas won. So we're not, we can't knock them down. Okay. Duke made it to the final four. Can't knock them down. Michigan State got knocked out by a team that made it to the final four in the second round. What does that leave? Kentucky. Kentucky lost in the opening round of the NCAA tournament. Sorry, you're no longer in the top tier. You're now in the second tier. Work really hard, and you can get back to the top tier. Okay, I don't take credit for that model. That's how they do it in Europe all the time with the soccer. I didn't understand it. 
So now I'm sitting here, I go, hey, I got that result. I don't have to worry about the tens of millions of dollars it's going to make because the networks are going to eat this up. It's just people at that point, they want good basketball. So now I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. And I've, I've only had this conversation with four other people that I truly respect their opinion. I said, who's the next four? Who, who's the, who's the next four? Okay. Because this isn't about what my opinion is. I, I, I listed my four. I know who my next four are. Okay. So I'll stop talking for a second in your mind, knowing that those are the first four. Okay. Who are the next four? Well, I got to throw in too. You have to get buy-in from the coaches. Um, and and it, not every coach is going to want to start the season with, I mean, the reason that these four schools are in there is because these four schools, it's, you mentioned recruiting advantage. Um, there's also just maybe it's, it's become a tradition. Um, and, uh, you know, there's four coaches who don't mind losing their first game because you have to be willing. You have to be willing to go out there and say, we're going to start season 0-1 if we don't play well. Um, most coaches want to warm up with somebody. Remember the hue and cry a couple of years ago over the ACC, starting with uh, the um, conference games. Everybody but Duke, because Duke, you know, commits to this tournament. So the other fourteen had to play a conference game. And boy, there was a lot of gnashing of teeth and wailing and everything else. So, um, so I'll say that politically, there have to be some sales. Um, that, that having gotten that out, Carolina, North Carolina jumps out right off. Okay. That's an easy one. Um, and, and, and both from tradition standpoint uh, and also from the re recency bias standpoint, we'll say that, right? Okay. Um, uh, let me throw out, too, by the way, I, I looked up the week zero college football schedule for the coming season. I think we need to do this for football, too. The week, week zero has gotten awfully weak. W-E-A-K. <laughs> There's only one two. Maybe we should spell it that way. W-E-A-K. It, it's week zero. The, the, the only decent game on the schedule in week zero, and I'm just stretching to call this one a decent game, is Nebraska-Northwestern. That is as good as it gets in week zero this year. Uh, well, week zero was good for a couple of years. <laughs> It's gone away from that. Uh, Gonzaga has to be a next logical choice, right? Okay. I, I just from recency again, and also from yeah, I think you also have to have an aspect of just you know throwing in the, the qualifiers here. I think you have to have a little bit of an aspect of whose whose outlook might be good for this coming season. Uh, you know, I, I, if if a, for, for example, I'm not going for Virginia into the next year. But Virginia is a recent national champion. They were in the NIT last year. Right. Um, they're in everybody's way too early top 25. Uh, they're either going to be first, second, or third in the ACC. They'll probably vote probably be voted third uh, because Carolina's coming back with most of its roster. Plus, um, they were the runners-up last year. Duke was in the Final Four. They're coming back with a new class of one-and-dones. So Virginia will probably be third, but they come back with five starters. Um, they're sixth man. Uh, plus a, a elite uh, transfer recruit from Ohio, you Ben Vanderplas, plus a you know top ten recruiting class, but um, so I, you know they might they might they'll factor in a little bit later. But um, so, so I went with Gonzaga, Arizona and Houston might be my next two. Okay. I don't know which order, so I'll, I'll throw Arizona and then Houston out. But I think both are going to be good this year. They were both pretty solid this past season. Um, Villanova, Tennessee. Would both be among my next two? UCLA. I mean, I'm, I'm throwing I'm throwing a lot of names out at you right, right now. Well, that that's the idea. Is <laughs> you're, you're sitting here, and again, one of the people and I, I want to I'll give a little shout out to our our good friend uh, Jeff Buck. 
I, I said, he's somebody that I consider a knowledgeable sports fan. And first of all, he's funny. He, he's just funny. So the first thing I had to say to him, I said, Jeff, I said, a lot of times when I reach out to you, I'm trying to be funny. This is not one of those situations. I'm thinking that this would make somewhere between 30 and $40 million in net with, with the way that money is handed out like candy now. Do you mean to the, for, because for ESPN or CBS or Fox, Correct. For the, whoever would bid for it, this would be a lot more than $30 million. No, I'm talking, again, it's just, so I just was, I was clarifying with Jeff. I said, hey, this isn't me trying to be funny. This isn't me with a petition saying, well, all the people that won't, doesn't want Appalachian State wouldn't have let Wake Forest in when, if, if they came knocking on the door today. Yeah. I, I just was explaining, he, he was helpful in it. And I, you know, it's one of those things to where I said, there's no right or wrong answer. Now, I'll stop for a second. And I, I said, here's who I'm thinking. I told you, I said, I'm thinking UCLA, Gonzaga, North Carolina. And I said, and I'm open to the fourth spot between Virginia and Villanova. Okay. He, he, he responds back, not sure I'd add Gonzaga. I think UCLA and Carolina for sure. I'd consider Indiana and UConn. I wouldn't consider either of those. Okay. Again, the, yeah. but that's the beauty of the conversation. Oh, they're not even close. Yeah. Again, they're as you're sitting here. Gonzaga's is a lock. You, you're, as you're going through it, it's, it's, this is going to, I don't want to get into like my category eight. So now, so let's just, I'm going to, for conversation's sake, I'm going to go with your four. Okay. So we can, we can build it from there. And I've got 12 total uh, already for So maybe I've got the first three filled in. Okay. Here. If you, if you like, go ahead and give me your third line. Uh, well, we're, so we're at least Villanova on. has to be on the third. Yeah, line, Villa, right? did I already say UCLA? Yeah, I, so UCLA okay. would definitely be in there. Um, and Baylor. Okay. Who who do I have? Because you have UNC, say. Gonzaga, Arizona, and Houston. Okay, and then my second line: UCLA and Baylor. Oh, okay, UCLA and Baylor. Um, yeah, because I'm and Tennessee and and did I say is Villanova in there already? Villanova. Okay, we'll add Villanova. I'll throw Tennessee okay. in there. So now. Because that was the that was the so eventual. That twelve teams. That's, now we have twelve. So now what we have is we have twenty open spots. Again, every year somebody in Group One comes down, which means somebody in Group Two comes up. Somebody in Group Two goes down. You have to earn it. You don't get to just ride the coattails of who you are. Okay. Now again, I, I, I credit the European soccer format for that. Now, getting the fans interested is where even more is going to fit into the eighth line. Okay. So now you have 12 teams. When you, you're starting the event and you're and, and if you're if you're listening at home, you might have a different 12. Just go with us on this because we're trying, I'm trying to show how you how this would work. So now, Chris, we have 12 teams. Okay. Here's my next line. Okay. Anybody who has won a national championship in the past. Blank years automatically stays. Like when you you win the you win the Masters, you get this for ten years. Yeah, Is it five years? I think it's no, no. I'm asking you. Oh, for, for this, okay. five years because ten years your program could have disintegrated. Again, <laughs> you know. Okay, so for your so, coach could have left, and you could have you could have gotten on probation. There, there could be a lot of factors there. Okay, so, so now UConn comes to mind. You're you're coming into a situation to where you're saying now we're going to let people come in. Anybody that's hung a natty in the last five years. Okay. So in this group, let's go backwards for five years. Okay. We got Kansas. Well, they're already in. And then, and then Baylor's already I, in. I said Baylor is on your list. <clears throat> okay. Then we have a COVID year. 
So then we have Virginia. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you're on line four and you write in the word Virginia. Yeah. Because they, they're not already in. Yeah. You're going to have to help me. You got the computer. Who won it before Virginia? Uh, it was either Carolina or Villanova. Let me look real quick. Uh, Villanova. Okay. So again, so that, so out of that group, out of the, you're in for five years. Okay. So all that does is it adds Virginia. So now as you're building this, you're, you still have some open spots. Nobody just gets a spot. So, so I'm making a note here, five years, five years of a natty. Okay. I'm going to say any team that made the elite eight the previous year, if they're not already on the list, mm-hmm. okay, they, they get the spot just for that one year. The, the national championship is a five-year thing. Yeah. So now we're going to say anybody who went to the elite eight last year, they earn a spot in this. Okay. Now only because I'm trying to help out the good folks that run the NIT. Okay. My next spot is for whoever won the NIT. Yeah. If they're not already in, they're in. Make it to where that the that the NIT champion actually gets something other than a trophy in New York City. Mm-hmm. Now, would you say that the other team in the NIT championship? The other team. The team that loses the championship game. No, I don't. I, that, that, there we go. Doesn't give you anything. So now, for... so now you have the NIT champ. Again, if they're not already in, they get to play in the field. Now you get to be creative because in this world, you're the person running the tournament. Okay. Now we've covered five years back of you won a natty. Anybody that made the Elite Eight last year, the NIT champ. Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's my thought. If you won a Power Five conference regular season and you're not already in, you're in. Your thoughts? Regular season. You yeah. had to do it about the body of work, not. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I'd want to save some spots in this, and I don't know how it adds up, but I'd want to save some spots in this for some mid major. That's changes. where we're going next. Okay. That's where we're going next. So the question being again, you're only going to add one or two. You're, you're trying to fill the field of 32. Uh huh you're only going to find one or two power five regular season champions that aren't are already on the list. Okay. Cause the mid major is the next, the next thing I'm going to mention to you. Okay. Yeah. Then, then that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Cause looking at the elite eight, you've got Miami, Arkansas and St. Peter's who are, 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 aren't already in this field. Cause now you have the regular season power five champ. Now, because I'm the captain of the underdogs, now we're going to the fact we always talk about the other conferences, the quality of basketball in the other conferences. You have roughly five or six spots that you're going to get to fill now. Again, we're speaking to you as if this you're the commissioner of this. Okay. Now, your choices are, do you award somebody who won the tournament? Okay. And the tournament of the other conference, or do you reward somebody that won the regular season of the other conference? Mm-hmm. I like the regular season because it's a bigger body of work. I, I, I agree. So now there's a lot of other conferences. There are a lot of other conferences, and that's why you have to, you know, uh, you have to 
narrowed down, or you're going to have a lot more than 32 because there's right. 34 conferences, I think. So, could you, you, you one option would be because we don't, here's what we don't want to do we don't want to exclude anybody. The whole reason this is a good idea, I think this excludes people. I'm this current system in place, yeah. If everybody plays, is right. There's so, value, yeah. let's just say you have 20 other leagues, okay? You're going to reserve um, X number of spots for let's say six or eight okay and then and then the following year you're you're actually going to do what you'll rotate it and let the champions the champions of the other conferences because what you don't want to do the same way you just looked at the week zero okay that we don't want that we we're trying to sell this as a made for tv event okay we we don't want to create games where somebody's going i'm not watching that why would I watch that? Because now what I want to do is I want to have the smaller schools in my world have a chance to do what? Play the bigger schools. Okay. I know that I'm sure you're a lot more in touch with the fan boards and all of this. And I'm sure there was a million people lining up going, why did Tony Bennett go to JMU? I might've been the one guy going, I'm glad Tony Bennett went to JMU. That didn't necessarily want him to lose the game, but how do you, how do these schools People, Gonzaga doesn't play anybody. Okay. It's not from lack of trying. Look at their look at their pre-conference schedule. It's that they don't play anybody in their conference. Correct. For two I, months I, they don't play anybody. I, right. I, I said, what are they going to do? They can go to a different conference. Right. How? Which which one are you going to go to? Remember, they don't play football. That's the ACC. Is the ACC going to make an order to so the, the criticism doesn't go away then. Right. You just live with it. He, he goes, I'm going to. Few goes, I'm going to get the the ten best teams that will play me. Okay, and I'm going to play them, and that's how he ends up with games like playing Duke in Vegas. You know, I, I, he, he is he's Fuse program is the fact that he doesn't play football. He also he's, plays Dixie State, Alcorn State, Bellarmine, Central Michigan, Tarleton State, Mary Mack. Correct. He, he plays a bunch again. Of a games. lot of people don't want to do what they don't want to play the game. I what that's, was your thoughts? I'm going to ask you what no. What was your thoughts when you see Virginia at JMU on the schedule? What was your first thought? Oh, he he does that. He played at George Mason a few years ago and lost. Right. He played at George Washington a few years ago and lost. Um, that makes your team better. I, I believe that. I agree with that. Well, you and I don't necessarily agree on everything. Coach I, K doesn't. Coach yeah. K didn't do that. You know, it's a situation. He of, plays neutral court games what, and then he plays a bunch of home games. Right. One of the November things. December. One of the things that uh, Dean Smith did, I didn't understand. And one day I'm kind of go, why is North Carolina playing a game at Bethune Cookman? What is that? Mm-hmm. And then somebody explained to me. When he recruits you, he promises you your senior year. If you stay in school, your senior year, we're going to come to the town that you live in, and we're going to play the closest team to your town so your family and friends can watch you play. Tony does it because he played at a small school. He played at Wisconsin Green Bay, right? And nobody played them on their home court. Here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing that people, for all the things that Duke does and doesn't do, Coach K kind of borrows into that. My one of my favorite all-time Dukies is Quinn Snyder. Partly because he taught my son at a basketball camp. Quinn Snyder's from where? He's from Mercer Island, Washington. Coach K flies his team from, this is again back, we're talking back in the 80s now. He, he books a game against UW when UW is not a, they're a name, but they're not a, they're not a good basketball team. Then somebody explained to me, yeah, he goes, he's watching what, he's watching the recruiting tool that Dean Smith has. You're in a situation, now I don't know that, that matters today. I don't know that that's as effective today. If you're trying to get, a kid to come to your school from South Dakota, I don't know that 
promising a game being played in South Dakota is going to matter. Because I, every game is on TV. There you go. There you go. So now we're now we're we're getting down. We're we're creating this. Now there's still some there's still some big pieces to this. Okay. Now what's the big thing now? What's the great? First of all, I, I don't want gambling to touch this because I, I I know gambling is the cool thing. What's the next big thing? Fan participation, fantasy stuff. Okay. Here's my pitch for the last four spots. Tell me what your thoughts are on this. Now they're going to start in group eight. Okay. And then if they, if they, they have to win to stay in. Okay. I want to open up to a voting process. Okay. I want to open the, just the last four spots and say, whichever school, whichever school generates the most fan votes gets the last four spots. Your thoughts. I, you know, as a person who um, has a lot of familiar, familiarity with the web, that gets manipulated pretty easily. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I, for, for what reason? Again, you're in a situation to where for all of the years that you and I have had conversations, I have one goal. I think the world has too much evil in it. I only try to find conversations that are user friendly. So you're creating something that is going to be manipulated. That's evil. I, I'm no, I, 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 <laughs> I'm sitting here. To, here's the here. I, I want people. I want people to watch this. I want people. I want people to play in this that aren't going to have a have a slot. We're going to have 28 phenomenal teams. Okay. Well, no. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. We're going to have 15 phenomenal teams. We're going to have 30 good, 13 pretty good teams. It's the same thing. Why does one play 16? Okay. Why does one play 16 in the tournament? And again, you're in a situation, you're putting teams in. It's their moment. It, it's their moment. Well, they're, yeah, they, they've, they're given a bid. Right. Again, it's a, it's a situation now where I'm going. Now I'll, I'll turn the question to you. The last column, column eight is its own column. Okay. How would you, pick the four teams for the for the, the final eight. I pick I pick four more um, small conference teams. Okay. So what what you're saying in the process is is that you would take you would fill out now that we got the criteria for basically the top 16, you would want to take the most the 16 most qualified teams. Okay? I'm with you on that. Again, I would here's I would take the 16 most qualified power five teams. And then I would take 16 mid majors and small conferences. That's kind of what we're creating. We're again, we're, what we're have them play each other. Right. I okay. wouldn't have Duke play Kentucky. There you go. There you, that's, that's what I'm saying. I go, what's happening now. Doesn't make any sense. Okay. Now, again, some of these big losses have happened at your or my expense, if you will. Okay. Everybody's going to remember who, you know, UBA lost to UNBC. Duke, I lost also to Lehigh. Mercer. And Lehi- Mercer right. and Lehigh. Lehigh okay. was maybe yeah. even bigger. What, yeah. what does that mean? What? How much mileage do the, does Mercer get? Because 20 years from now, Mercer's going. I, I, I made a, I, here, just to give me an answer, I made a business deal with a guy in Nevada last year. He, he, he had played college basketball. He sees me wearing my Duke jacket. He goes, you know what my greatest day in my life is? He goes, I got to play against Duke in college. He goes, I hung 18 on him. And then he, and he, and I'm saying, I go, where did they, it was just, it's great. The, those people, again, I, am I sad that Tony Bennett lost the game? Sure. Am I sad that Coach K lost the game? Sure. But I always look at the other side of it. You, you just beat me to my next point. I don't need Duke playing Kentucky. I want the 16 teams 
to get to have their shot at the moment. But they have to be 16 teams who can actually beat the other 16 teams. Well, again, it, it, it's a unique, it's a unique thing. I, I, that's the reason for starting the conversation. I think the system that in place right now is flawed. I think it's an incredible advantage. It's an incredible advantage to the four schools. Do you agree? I don't think it's an incredible advantage to them, no. You, you I don't. really don't. So help me out as far as when you said that Coach K had an advantage by co- by coaching the Olympic team. I didn't say he had an advantage by coaching the Olympic team. I said he had an advantage being able to tell recruits to coach the Olympic team. That's a difference. Okay. I, I appreciate you pointing yeah. that out. Because that that's the because argument. he should be able to coach the Olympic team. What I read. Yeah. Somebody's got to coach it. Right. That was the I, – I get it. Some, I'm just going, how about we just thank him for the gold medals that he won? He inherited kind of a mess where we weren't winning gold medals. He won a bunch of them. I said, why can't we just let that be? Well, they, they also fixed the process for uh, recruiting players, and that really helped a lot, too. So, and, uh, and I think having Coach K's uh, cachet helped recruit those players. I, I would agree with you. Yeah. I, I, so, so going back to the question, as you're as serious of a UVA fan as I know, my, my love for UVA, while it's different from yours, is, is pretty serious. As a UVA fan, you're not offended that hmm. these four teams are the no, really not at all. No, no, I, I I say let them do it. And and if uh, if ESPN wants to have eight teams in Virginia, wants to be one of those eight teams, great. If if not, in the four stays the way it is, Virginia's playing in a tournament in Las Vegas. Uh, it's actually a tournament um, in Las Vegas in mid-November, and it's one of the it's it's a rare one that Tony uh, will play in of, of this level, but it's like Kansas and UCLA, and there's uh, maybe Baylor's in this tournament as well. Um, that's great. I think the more of those kind, of, and that's an actual tournament. So I mean, you know, you win a game, you play the other team, right. you, the, like, the other winner, or you right. play the other loser. Like in right. right. Like in yeah. you actually yeah. play three games. Yeah, I don't think that this this is any more of an advantage than that is. Um, and I think that you know these four coaches have. Um, uh, you know, now with John Shire being coming in as, as a new guy in this in this uh, quartet, um, it's just part of their tradition now. And I think it's a great thing for those four schools. I don't know that every school wants to start with that kind of game. Right, and you're not, and, and you're. That's why you're not having a conversation about having 323 teams play in this. Well, I, I don't know right. that every of 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 the other let's say eight or 12 mark of the power five coaches we talked about i'm not sure that too many of those are necessarily going to want to play in something like this either um because you know coach coaches have their different philosophies uh you you know looking at gonzaga last year for example he started with dixie state you start with a game like that for a reason there's no preseason games unlike the nba uh and so you know that's your first live action and you kind of want to have, I mean, it's going to be ugly. Every, any, if, if you've ever been to a, and those games are ugly too. Uh, they're, they're high level players playing a, a, a rough game because that's their first game against someone else Correct. Um, of any consequence. And so um, do you want that first game against someone, you know, someone else of consequence to be, uh, you know, a top flight team? Some coaches obviously want to do that and some coaches don't. And so um I think there'd be issue with buy-in to this. Um, again, I, I, I mentioned the ACC coaches. You know, I'm, when I say that there was a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth, uh, you know, it, there was. And, and, and notice they're not doing it again. <laughs> again, why was it done? 
for TV. There you go. Well, but and but why is it not being done right. again? Because the coaches said we don't want to do that again. Again, it was done once for TV. One of the one of the rare times where again, because normally in the world, one one of the issues is TV rules everything. Yeah, everything's about TV. And the way the ACC and ESPN resolved that was they they have uh, conference plays, you know, the first conference game starting in December, and then you know, instead of in January, and then they're not making them play that first weekend. So at least by December, you've had a chance to test yourself a bit. You've crafted your schedule. You played some tough games. Um, I'd like to see maybe something like this that's a little more spread out where, you know, maybe it's not even the first weekend because look at week zero in football. We just looked at week zero in football. It stinks. College football powers would be do better. <laughs> but maybe there's something there too where those coaches say we kind of rather I – mean, there's, there's a week one game that I found. <laughs> so not week zero. There's a couple week one games. West Virginia Pitt, that's a great one. That's the backyard brawl. Right. Um, but then that's the only game on Thursday night of any consequence. Uh, Friday night, not really much. Saturday now, when I look at this, NC State, East Carolina, that's kind of like one of our Power 5 versus non-Power right. 5 matchups right. we'd be talking about here. Um, there was uh, not much here. There's got to be a night game that's, any, that's something good, um, but there's really not. Sunday, Florida State, LSU kudos to those coaches because they're playing a game that in Clemson, Georgia Tech on Monday night. That's not even, you know, Clemson's going to go to Georgia Tech. On so even week one in football, they're like, hey, we want to play a game and get something under our belts before right. we, we, so maybe you push it back, you know, kind of like you, you, by the time we get to Maui, that's Thanksgiving week, you've played a couple games. Right. You know, you've, you've got, the kinks are worked out. Whatever kinks you got, they're worked, you got a team, you kind of know what you got. Then you play some games like this. I think you'd have all kinds of buy-in. Well, one of the things, and again, Chris, and it, over the years, you listen. I, what, as Virginia, at the bubble last year, yeah. people are talking about what's more valuable, what's more harmful, okay? A big win or a bad loss. So in Virginia's case last year, the argument was, what did UVA do? They did what? They won in Cameron, okay? They won a game in Cameron. So – but they also lost a game at home to Navy. And okay. lost on the road at JMU, a team that ended up Correct. under 500 record. Correct. So you're in a situation where they're arguing about, okay, if you play a game, if you're, if you're playing a game, if you're Mark Few and you're playing Dixie State, or you're – I don't know who went to JPJ last year thinking that Navy would be – I'm not saying it couldn't happen. I didn't think it. I right. I'm not sure the Navy people thought it. <laughs> I, 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 I'm sitting there in my mind going, you're telling me in the current system, you're going to punish. There's nothing that UVA can do. Okay. If you beat them by 40, so what? You were supposed to. If you beat them by three, oh, God. Well, what's wrong with your kids? God help me if you lose the game, Chris. And I'm going – I, what is the coach supposed to do? I think tweaks need to be made to the way the NCAA um, treats how a team grows over a season, not just in Virginia's case. Wake Forest was left out of the tournament last year. That, that was abysmal. Uh, and they were punished for playing a weak non-conference schedule because Steve Forbes, the coach, inherited a weak non-conference schedule from his predecessor. Right. Couldn't really get out of that. And, um, you know, they, they beat up on that week non-conference schedule, and then they got beat up a little bit early in ACC play because they played a week non-conference schedule. They got better as the season went on. Right. They won 23 games and were left out looking, on the outside looking in. 
um, when because the ACC was down until the ACC had three in the Elite Eight and two in the Final Four. Right. And then all of a sudden you realize in retrospect, maybe Virginia and Wake Forest should have both been in because they both from from January 1st to March were NCAA tournament teams. It was just that Wake won all of its games in November and December, but they 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 weren't there weren't quality opponents. Right. Virginia was six and four in November and December. And the quality opponents they played, they lost to, and they lost a couple of games they shouldn't have lost. But, um, you know, the NCAA Tournament Selection Committee tells you, we want to see teams that we think can win a championship, but we're going to punish you for losing in November. That's a different issue than what we're talking about right. here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it just, it, it's one of those things because uh, at, remember when the, every time the field grows, okay, we're going, well, certainly now we're not going to argue about who's the 69th team. I'm sorry, you are, because the way this system is set up, the 16, I'm not saying the 69th, I'm not going to look at you and say, I think UVA or Wake could have ended up in New Orleans, but I wouldn't have been against it. You, 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 so the, the, when it was 32, it's like, okay, well, who cares who's the 33rd team? College football is dealing with the same thing. They have their four. Every, we go to eight, we go to 12. I said, well, you're, then you're going to open up the same conversation. At least you're arguing about, in football's case, you're not arguing who the fifth and sixth best teams are, and those teams can win a championship. Correct. You're Correct. arguing about who the 13th and 14th best teams are, and maybe they can, maybe they can't. They've had plenty of opportunities to, to win games. And just like right. when we argue in basketball about who's 69th or who's 70th, I mean, in, this, in these cases, it's, you know, the at-large teams. Um, they had plenty – both Virginia and Wake Forest had plenty of chances to win games and play their way in, and they just didn't. Wake Forest lost in the uh, in their first game of the ACC tournament. Virginia lost to Carolina in, in, in their second game of the ACC tournament. If they had won each of those games, they might have been in, but they didn't. So, um, but in football, man, your you know your your fifth and sixth best teams are pretty good teams. We need to fix that. That that needs to be fixed before anything gets fixed. Um, get us to twelve. We've talked about this. Get us to twelve, and um, then to me, there are no arguments because at twelve, you're probably talking about teams that are like 10 and three, you've lost three. If, if you're 10 and three and you're complaining, go 11 and two, you know, <laughs> but, and, and what we're talking about in college basketball, now there was a Virginia team, this, this Terry Holland's second final four team. He went to one final four with Ralph and he went to one without Ralph. That team was six and eight in the ACC, 17 and 10 in the regular season should not have gotten a bid. Went to the final four. So uh, strange things happen sometimes. Right. And if somebody has, the, I, I, I joke, I, the night that Duke, Duke was, Wake was playing at Duke, mm -hmm. you admittedly had cut the game off because it was very lopsided. Yeah. Duke was just punishing them. Coach K gets ill, leaves the game. I'm, I'm watching the game, and I'm, I, I, my, my text to you was, I can't believe a team that was put together through a series of Zoom calls, okay, just came into Cameron and almost pulled off one of the greatest comebacks ever. Oh, yeah. yeah. You, know, I, I, you never – what's that line, Chris? We both love the line. That's why they play That's the That's why games. they play your game, yeah. And, okay. And Wake was a team – I mean, since we're arguing – Wake, you know, the, the, uh, uh, Londis Williams, you, you put him against – you put him in a game against – I wouldn't want to have to go against him in the, in the first four. I wouldn't want to go against him if I was uh, – because if, if you're in the first four, you're an 11 seed and they win that game and they're playing a six seed, I wouldn't want to be that six seed with one day to prepare to play that kid. So Here's, here's, an, here's an example of, again, Paolo is going to be playing in the NBA, okay? If I'm, if I'm coaching against Paolo, there's two tapes I'm going to show my team, okay? 
both times UVA. Dane Gardner. I, I said yeah. I, 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 I said again, again. Now, you, I, I watched Paolo play 40 games. You watched him play a couple, and then you watched him in the tournament. Yeah. The two games that you saw him play, the question would be, did they pull this guy up off of JV? You're not you're not seeing the game. Was this the guy, is it the best guy or the second best guy? You're going, this guy's not, my, my own wife sitting there going, what's happening to him? Well, because Jaden Gardner, God love him. He's back at UVA this year. He's not going to play in the NBA. Right. Again, it's a situation for me. I, I want to take a minute and talk about one that is on these same lines. We talk about the difference. To me, I was very fortunate, Chris, when I was in high school. I went to two high schools. Both of my high schools, okay, I was fortunate enough to play basketball with somebody that was a D1 player. I got to watch. I got to watch the, the coaches come to my school. That's how I got to meet Lefty Giselle. I got to experience what that was like. Okay. And then when the kids went to UVA and the kids went to Duke, okay, I we got to do what? We got to watch them for four years. When you were at UVA, okay, when you were at UVA, you got to do what? Roam the halls with these kids. That's the game I fell in love with. You and I were having a brief exchange the other night. I said, it's not the same game for me anymore. I said, I said that's why it's easier for me to pay a little bit more attention to the women's college game. Okay? Because what happens? They go to school for four years. You, you actually get a chance. You actually get a chance to watch them develop. I said, so now I understand. I'm, I guess, the old joke, this isn't your dad's Oldsmobile. I understand I'm living in the past, but that's where my joy came from. You know, it was watching somebody like when JJ Reddick went to Duke, he, he was a little, first of all, he could shoot anything inside of half court was makeable. He wasn't physically fit. He, he, he was a little, little, little out of shape. A pacey white kid. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I said, when he graduated, I don't know if you got to read any of that. He, he, with Coach K's retiring, every one of those players, every one of those players that ever played shared their story. Okay, J.J. Redick, the year that he was the, one of the leading scorers in the country, he doesn't, they don't win the national championship. His sophomore year, they get knocked out in the final four. He openly said, Coach K called me out and said, we didn't win that because I wasn't, I, he goes, I wasn't man enough. Okay, these are the level of stories that Jason, with Jason Tatum's story is a whole nother story, but they're all sharing them. They all want to, what's the moment? When's the moment when you got put in your place? And Redick goes, he goes, I thought about it for a minute. And he goes, he was right. He goes, now here's what I promised myself. Nobody was ever going to say that about me again. Okay. Nobody was ever going to get to say that about me again. He goes, I let my school down. Those are his words, not mine. It's, it's his story. Now, you talk about, here's a picture of Barry Bonds as a blah, blah, blah. And here's Barry. Take a look at J.J. Reddick when it's a freshman. Take a look at J.J. Reddick as a senior. Totally different game. So that's what I felt that the good guys, the bad guys, uh, people like Kristen Leitner, you know, hey, you either loved him or you hate him, but you got to watch the story develop. It, it, it's just, it's different for me. I understand the game is still the game, but for me, it's kind of like the movie. I'm going, okay, yes, there's the actors, but for me, it's like, well, okay, there's the production team. There's the, who was directing it? Who was editing it? Who did, who did that? I, I just, for me, a lot of the beauty came from the story. But I'll, what I'd say to that is, and I guess we were texting about this the other night, a lot of that, I mean, I'll, I'll say it maybe a different way too. Um, uh, a lot of that was a mirage. 
because the players, a lot of the movement now is because the players have the freedom to move. They didn't have the freedom to move like the, the, the way they do now. They, Correct. They had, they had to right. sit out a year. It's a Kurt Flood moment. Uh, yeah, yeah, Kurt Flood, and, and 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 also the you know the the schools were making money. The coaches were certainly making money, lots of money. They weren't making money, and, and a lot of these kids. I mean, the more you know, as I've been writing about NIL these last several months, you know, you you hear more stories from former college athletes who say, "I was broke. I couldn't go to Burger King and get a hamburger. I, I, I you know, they were. I, I wore, you know, people thought I was wearing my athletic gear around." campus because i was showing off Show because off. what i had to wear <laughs> you know i could you know i couldn't go home to see my parents on on breaks because i had practice and i couldn't afford to if i didn't have practice right. so um you know i think that we still have more to do to uh remunerate the players and student let's call them student athletes that's the euphemism the ncaa prefers um because right now all they get is you know pro athletes get pots of money from uh, ticket sales, from TV, and from endorsements. Right now, we're only giving the kids money from potential endorsements, and it's not a lot of money. I mean, as much money as fans think there is in college sports, there's not. Right. Nick Saban said his entire team last year made a total of $3 million in NIL. That's Alabama making $3 million from NIL. That is a, I mean, you know, we, we talk about small market baseball franchises, the Tampa Bay Rays. That they're a small market team and they pay thirty million dollars to their players. So, you know that's 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 that tells you that big big old Alabama um, can it's a drop in a bucket compared to what the smallest of pro sports franchises make. So, I'm all for the kid. I, I think the kids should make more money. Um, the, the NCAA, you know, the the, the TV contracts are extraordinary, um, and and so you know if 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 kids are out there chasing a few more dollars. It's a few more dollars. It's not even a lot of money. Right. And um, so, you know, I, I'm all for that. And, and and it's actually coming to your women's sports too. Um, I only know because I don't follow women's basketball very closely, but Virginia hired a new coach. Um, Amakwa Google Hamilton coach Mox uh, for short, because her name is really hard to pronounce. And she even says, call her coach Mox. Um, she's rebuilding Virginia through the transfer portal. Um, and and good Godspeed to her. So it's coming. It's coming to those sports too. They brought back a, a player who was a local player that went Samantha to the game. Yeah, came back again. It's it, it's not that I am protesting anything that's happening. I was just sharing when I fell in love with the game and saying it's a different game now. I I, yeah. I fell in love with the game at a relatively same yeah. time. You're not that much older. I, I want to share. I want to share a moment with you that happened. I'm at Virginia Tech. And last game of the regular season, I'm watching them play Liberty. And, and softball. Softball. Right, yeah. softball. So there's Virginia Tech is one of the schools that during the regular season, they do not charge for softball. Got a nice little facility, nothing fancy, right in the shadow of Lane Stadium. And they're playing. Um, crowd that night, even though it's Liberty, the crowd that night's I don't know, 250. Uh-huh. Okay. Storm comes in. They're going to they're gonna have to uh, tarp the field. Okay. Well, who do you think tarped the field? The players. Yeah. The girls. Yeah, yeah. So there's a guy walking behind me. Now, again, I the, the 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 biggest. If I could change the misconception, if there's one misconception, if anybody's ever had a conversation with me, okay, I don't like Duke or Virginia because they play basketball really good. Okay, it has that has nothing to do with it. So someone goes, "Why are you at the Virginia Tech regional when you could have been at the?" I said, "I'm a softball fan." I said, "It's not." I said, "I said this is softball." So anyway, there's an alum behind me who's clearly a donor. 
he's seeing this. He's seeing the kids having to tarp the field. And he goes, he goes, I probably should donate more money. He goes, he goes, he goes, I guess we're not giving enough money. Uh, so my question is with the, with the NIL money. Okay. Again, I have no qualms with it. Now, again, Nick, who I, I, I like Saban. I respect him. He's the Belichick of college football. He's not trying to get you to be his friend. He, he misstepped the other day. He did. And he know he knew he did. He, he, he owned it. Okay. He knew there were cameras there when he said what he said. Yeah, right. It's not like he said it thinking he it wasn't going to get recorded. The cat got out of the bag and yes. then he stepped it back. Yes. But it was a half-hearted step Correct. back. Okay, it, so yeah. Again, so you're, sitting, you're, you're sitting here because you mentioned the women's game. Uh-huh. Here, here's the thing. Here, now this isn't gonna this isn't gonna be a conversation uh-huh. because it was it was Timmy. It was Timmy and not Paula. Uh-huh. You saw the line last night, right? Timmy's coming back for a senior season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so my question with the NIL was, who's going to be the first player, okay, who's going to say, I'm going to come back for another year, okay, I'm going to come back for another year, because now I can make a couple million dollars. Okay? I don't think anybody's going to be the first, because I don't think anybody's going to make a million dollars. I think it happened last night. I don't think it happened. I, I think well, it- here's why Drew Timmy came back. Here's why Armando Baycott came back. Here's why Caleb Love came back. They're not NBA players. It's going to be interesting because I'll agree with you on the second, and the third one. I, I'm not. I, I'm not saying that Timmy's going to be an all star. Okay, I think he he's going to play. If if he was going to be a first round pick, he would already be in the draft. It's kind of interesting, but let's flip it to the women's side. Iowa has a young lady. I, Iowa has a young lady that played this year that uh, was a freshman, and she's clearly the best player in the country, not playing for Gino. Okay. Clearly, head and shoulders. So now, because they have to go overseas to make money after college, there is no there's no pile of mo- pile of money waiting for these kids. Okay. What if? So, but what if a what if a Russian oligarch? Of course, those are guys that are out of, out of the equation now. But what if a, a, a owner of a European women's team said, "You're 19, but we want you." There's nothing stopping him from leaving. Correct. But what I'm saying is, she is going to. I think the fact that let's say she gets a hundred thousand dollar NIL, that's more money than she's going to make in four seasons at the WNBA. But they're, they, but they make more money overseas than they do in the WNBA. Correct. Now that brings us. We could. We, we, I know we got to be getting close to an hour. We could switch to the it's Brittany, We could switch to the Brittany Griner conversation. The cover now. Her wife, Brittany Griner's wife, saying we don't want to go to. We didn't want her to go to Russia. This was the last year she was going to go to Russia. She goes. Nobody wants to go to Russia. None of us, Sue, Sue Bird, Charles, nobody wants to go, but that's what they have to do to get their check. And and I wrote a column about this right after the most recent news. It's been three or four weeks now about Brittany Griner, uh, where um, the U.S. State Department acknowledged that she's, she's, uh, you know, they they changed her status basically where she's not quite considered a prisoner of war, but, you know, there was definitely a change in her status. Um, It is a sad thing that it takes Russian oligarch money uh, and it's not clean money to say the least uh, to pay the women's athletes uh, the way they should get paid. I, the WNBA, the teams are owned by NBA owners. Um, the the uh, the the league easily could. Those owners are just as wealthy as those oligarchs are, and the oligarchs all acknowledge. I mean, I, I, at least I found one uh, story um, in a UK paper from a couple of years ago where this oligarch acknowledged, hey, we have free admission to games. 
Um, I pay Russian state TV to run our games. Um, I'm trying to create a market, but he'd been doing that for years. Right. It's, it was all about prestige. It was all about cleaning their money. It was, you know, it was money laundering is what it was. <laughs> and so um, if they can, throw, we hope we didn't offend anybody in Russia listening today. I know I'm going to be on your, I'm going to be on the no travel to Russia list now, but it's, it's just what it is. It and is so, it's reality. And so if they can do that, why can't our owners do the same here, thing? Here, I'm going to share a couple of stories with you about somebody who's again, not a popular guy. Okay. Al Davis's boy. Okay, Mark Davis. Definitely. He's got a great haircut. I, I I said Mark Davis comes in to hit the first year the stadium was open. The uh-huh. first year the stadium was open. I, I got to watch that's that's my second home. I got to watch that get built brick by brick. The year it's open is the COVID year. Mark Davis did not attend a game in the, his own stadium with his father's torch. Somebody goes, "What point are you trying to prove?" He goes, "That stadium was built for the fans." He goes, "When the fans can go to the games." I'm going to go to the games. He doesn't own the Aces. The Aces is owned by a conglomerate situated. Nobody really cares. Mark Davis, the first thing he does, now he's in Vegas, he gets courtside seats. He learns more about the WNBA. Okay. Now, do you know who owns the Las Vegas Aces now? That would be Mark Davis. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the guy that owns the Liberty, he, who's one of the wealthiest people in the world. Don't know how he made his money. Don't want to know how he made his money. He's, he's tired of the travel stuff. He's, he's, he's tired of the fact these people are, Liz Cambage is 6'8", 280. Yeah. So he fly, He just says, I'm flying my team. Yeah. I'm fly. So, so what they, did they do? Instead of somebody applauding him, they said, do it again, and we're going to take your team from you. I, you know, well, what, the w, <laughs> what needs to be done with the WNBA is that there needs to be subsidies from the NBA, just like the Russian oligarchs have been subsidized. I mean, we don't need to have bad people <laughs> subsidizing our women's back. And play it not in the summer. Play it from October to May. Whatever or whatever the season needs to be, play 82 games or whatever the NBA. Because I know the NBA is looking at its length of, of season two because of you know all the new age load management crap that we're hearing about now. Jordan at age 40 played 82 games, averaged 37 minutes a game, but now these young guys have to have load management. But anyway, uh, whatever the season ends up being, um, it's it needs to be coinciding. It, it doesn't need to be a summer. Let's give them a special time of year because that, that's BS anyway. Right. Um, Play that, play them, and uh, play them the same time of year um, as the NBA plays, and, and let the league. That's 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 fair. It's not just fair. Do it for ten years, and you'll have you won't have the NBA probably level of popularity, but you'll have more than what you have now. WNBA popularity. Um, it was Skyler Diggins who now is married and has a hyphen name. She plays for Phoenix now. She she again. She's as she's easily one of the more marketable players in the WNBA, because not only is she talented player, she's wears a dress well. It's, that's as close as I can say that right, right. without sound, it sounding sexist. That's right, that's right. She's very marketable. Yeah. Lexi Brown from Duke, very marketable. Very marketable. So now, Skyler's having a conversation one day. She She's playing for Dallas. She And she's basically was saying something I've said. Hey, I'm not saying that I deserve the money that it was – somebody from Carolina that came over there in a trade, whoever was making the most money from Dallas. This is what I've said. I'm saying I don't need Sue Bird to make LeBron James money. Okay. Can we at least go a dime on a dollar? I, I, I was sitting here. And again, at the time you, you pointed out, Hey, they get what it's worth. I'm going. Then if the, if the NBA is not actually going to be involved in the WNBA, then they need to quit acting like that's what the perception is. It's their league. For a while, all of the owners were the same. That's not the case anymore. 
Mark Davis owns Vegas, the, the, the group that owns Seattle. There is no, you know, when it started out, they were, the, the NBA team owned the other ones. That's still the case in some cities, but just a few. So the NBA, the, the, the un, uninformed WNBA person is going to go, well, this league wouldn't even exist if the NBA didn't carry it. I'm saying I think the NBA has enough money. They should actually carry it. And they, that's, that's what I'm saying, too. Yeah. The NBA needs to uh, provide subsidies as, as necessary. Uh, but but also, I mean, maybe the I don't, you know, without knowing the capitalization of the current ownership groups, maybe we need to have higher capitalization standards so they can pay the athletes enough. But also, it would help. I don't know what the length. You're you're a WNBA fan. What's the length of the regular season? Like thirty games, something like that. I believe the number is thirty-two. Don't 32. quote me on that. It sounds about right. Yeah, it's somewhere in the thirties. Sounds sounds about right. So um, thirty-two TV opportunities for each team. Thirty-two game opportunities for each team. But actually, it'd be sixteen home opportunities for each team from a from a ticket sales standpoint. If you go up to eighty-two of each of those and in forty-one home opportunities, and then playoffs are commensurate. Instead of a best of three and all this stuff was played, let's play like we're playing, you know? Right. Um, I think the same, I mean, you know, the college basketball um, uh, could benefit from a better deal too. <laughs> let's just say women's college basketball could benefit from a, from a better deal too. Well, this, this year they got to call it March Madness. I did not realize. Did you know that? I did not know that. They, no. Up until this no, year, true. they were not allowed to call their tournament March Madness. It's just, and, and you know, they, <laughs> They, they have a secondary, to say the least, TV contract with ESPN. Um, you know, it, it needs to be pushed the same at the same level. And I know that you know, the argument could – the argument is and has been, oh, the TV ratings aren't there, but it's also not getting pushed the same as, right. as, as the other sport. And, you know, just like we're seeing – you know, I don't think a lot of people know this. Women's softball on – in, in terms of TV rankings, is gets double of what you, college. And you saw that when we did the podcast. Oh yeah, I was. I, I, I knew that from before, but I wanted this year. It's still the same. Right. Uh, women's women's softball gets double the ratings of what men's college baseball gets, right. um, and yet, and, and yet, you know, the 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 well, of course, most of the men's teams too, except for the Power Five schools. Virginia uh, Tech being a Power Five school, so their women are doing their own field work. I know at UVA the guys don't do their own the baseball players don't do their own field right. work. So it was a throwback to the Waynesboro Generals. It was a throwback to the Waynesboro Generals. Yeah, yeah. Do they have to be the grounds? Crew? They have to be the grounds crew too. I know at VMI they do. They're also the grounds crew. The, the guy, the guys there. But, but no, the the women's the women's game needs to get the same attention. And it, you know, the reason women's softball going back to what I was saying, the women reasons uh, women's softball gets the viewership it gets is because of what? Because of so many young girls playing softball. By the time they age out of being young girls and they're women, and they want to watch, they want to watch women's softball, and so they're watching women's softball. Um, and they don't have, you know, un unlike men's baseball fans, they don't have a pro sport to watch to the level of MLB. So women's softball is the highest level of the sport. I mean, I know there's a women's professional league, but it's it's not it's not what any it's not what it could be. It's not what anything. It's actually two this year. Well, there's two, but, but again, they're 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 a blip. They're a, it's obscure. like the lacrosse, the National Lacrosse yeah. League. They're very obscure, right? So right. if you're if you want to watch really good softball, you watch women's college. You watch the women's World Series. And you know what a women softball player? And I'm, I'm speaking from the Kate, Kate Gordon's experience. If you want to play professionally and you want to make money, you're going to one of two places: Australia or Japan. Yeah, and and so, um, but that's why the TV viewers are there. Is, is my point? The, right. the American TV viewers are there because because of that. Um, 
the, the reason soccer is becoming more popular in the United States is because so many kids have played soccer. Now, my generation, maybe your generation, my generation didn't play soccer. My high school didn't have a soccer team. Right. We didn't have youth soccer leagues in Augusta County when I grew up. But the kids now, everybody's playing soccer. So what do they want to watch? They want to watch soccer. And so now Premier League is on Saturdays on NBC. And, and uh, you know, the MLS is starting to do a lot better uh, uh, economically, fiscally. And so um, if we if we, we we know that there's a lot of young girls playing basketball and that they, they, those young girls have become young women and they're and older women now playing having played basketball, they're watching women's basketball. We need to give them an outlet. And of course, there's men, too, who are watching. I'm not saying it's just women who are watching, right. but um, there, there are certainly more built in gender fans who say, hey, I played this game and I want to I want to watch it now. And and they understand it and, and they want but they don't want to see the men play. They want to see women play. Well, here, here's the here's the piece of, of my history where it comes from. Okay, I've been married to my wife for 37 years. I was a softball coach. She was my left fielder. That that's how we met. Now I can't say she was my best player because her sister was my pitcher. She was my best player. <laughs> Pitchers are your best players. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I said now it, it's a situation to where I said that's where my love of softball came from. I've been, my marriage was based on, I married somebody that, that played this in the softball league that yeah. I was, I was in charge of. Yeah. So I've always loved the game. I, I'm, I, I mentioned when we started, okay. I said, Alan, Alan Knight has won 600 games at the high school level combined in his sports. He's won over a thousand. He's eclipsed the thousand mark. Okay. But he did what? He only won him in girls sports. That's my, that's the thing that wears on me. Kudos to the U.S. soccer, women's soccer team. Kudos. People like uh, Sue Bird's wife. Some people don't. But she stood up for what she believed in. Well, I'll yeah. say, I don't think the men's team should get paid the same as the women's team. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting there. I, 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 I'm, now, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let's go back for a minute to the, the Duke lacrosse, the nightmare that that was. How much coverage that got when they were trying to prove that, the, that they committed this hideous crime okay then when they got cleared it was this much so for, i felt for years i felt for years people who didn't understand that the women deserve the money were mocking them go back to the kitchen you're not it's not the same i said how where was the parade where was the where, where was the parade when they were awarded the decision I'm going, everybody wants to have a parade. I go, where was that parade? Well, the the, yeah. the, the parade for them is they actually are getting paid equally now. So <laughs> that's, that's the did big you thing. Think, did you think that that could ever, that was going to happen? I, I, I would just reiterate. I think that the men shouldn't get paid what the women <laughs> get paid. I mean, to me, because women's soccer draws uh, on TV um, right. and, and TV, I mean, TV is where the money is in, in sports these days. Um, I, I know that from the college level. Um, at, 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 I, know, I know Virginia's numbers very well, and I'm just extrapolating that it's the case in a lot of other places. But ticket sales at Virginia are about less; they're less than twenty percent of the overall athletics budget. Right. It's t TV money is sixty percent of the budget. TV's the boss. TV's the boss, and so you know it's almost like when we go to games, Jerry. We you go to game. I go. I pay a lot of money to go to games too. Some you know, for for some games have a lot of fun doing it. We're paying to be part of a TV set. And so, and I'm glad to do it. Heck, I sat behind home plate at, at a Nats game last weekend. And I was, and I knew I was on TV and I was holding my food up when I was eating. It just... I, will, I will share this with you. And again, <laughs> this is just my personal protest. Okay. I have the means to go anywhere in the world to see any sporting event that I want. Uh -huh. Here's what I'm doing now. Because I just think it's kind of out of control. Here's my new, I'm not getting on a plane to go to a sporting event ever again. That's number one. 
Number two, if I have to pay more than $35 to go to the sporting event, okay, I'm not going to it. Not because I can't afford it. It's just my little, it, the Duke situation. Duke calls up, hey, hey, Jerry, you didn't renew your football season tickets. I said, you're correct. Would you mind telling us why? I said, I understand you guys, okay, felt there was a need to make a change. I said, I feel like you fired a friend of mine, okay? He didn't want to go. I, I, we left there that weekend. And I, I said, hey, Lynn goes, is he coming back? I go, he's coming back. I listened to every word of his press conference. He's coming back. The next day, we're, we're, we're inside a camera and watching the Duke women play. Okay? You don't have to fight for those tickets. You don't, have to, you don't have to pay hundreds of dollars for those tickets. You get in there for four bucks. We're in there. And that's when the news broke. I go, really? I said, I, and I, thought, I think, will they be better this year? I think they will. I think they will. I said, but I told the guy, I said, I'll be cheering them on from my sofa. I said, I have to, for one year, I'm going to, you know, stand up for what I believe in. I, I said, I, I, I felt what for me, Chris, and again, you can come at me with numbers on this, but for me, one of the things that was special about Duke was I felt they put themselves in a situation where they felt that some things were more important than a win or a loss. Okay. I, what I'm, would that be? I, just standing for something. Uh, other words, you're innocent. Now, now if they if they come out this year, if they come out this year and they go nine and three, and, which they're not, which they're not. But if they did, <laughs> I will say, hey, hey, I I I I was wrong. I'm sitting here saying again, I, I we could do an entire podcast on one minute of Broncos career season last year. If if the kid doesn't fall on the football against BYU. None of that plays out the rest of the day. If, the, if, if Armstrong doesn't come out of that game, Chris, you and I were going back. That was going to be the game of the decade. Yeah, it was a big game. It was going to be the game of the decade. Yeah. Then you, but now Armstrong gets hurt. Yeah. Can't get mad. He was, he was trying to help his team. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, now you're playing Notre Dame without Armstrong. And that, that just, that just looked bad. And then I, I was sitting, again, I love Bronco. I, I, I love the fact that Bronco, I feel, does things the right way. So if he doesn't fall on a football in a certain manner, because now you lose the BYU game, because now you're plugging somebody in. When you have somebody as good as Armstrong, your backup's not going to get it done. I don't care who your backup is. So think about that. Think about that. At the end of the year, now there are people going, thank God we got him out of here. Here, here's bags of money now. We just didn't like him. I'm going, that guy was four, four plays play differently. Four plays play out differently. He's 10 and two and he's playing in Charlotte. All right. Here, here's what else. Um, I, I, I defended Bronco for six years. Boy, was it weird. It was a weird six years and I'm glad it's over. I defended him to the end of the earth because he was our guy. And I know his heart's in the right place. I know his head's in the right place for him. Boy, was it weird those six years. I didn't, I, 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 even though I defended the heck out of him, I didn't like a lot of what he did. I didn't like this. To me, it was all chicanery, the earning the numbers crap, you know, got, quarterbacks wearing 98 and all this stuff. It was just, it was, and then he didn't recruit Virginia because he, he's almost like he looked down on the state. Um, Tony Elliott is a big breath of fresh air. Oh my God, Tony Elliott. He loves, he loves Virginia. He loves the University of Virginia. It doesn't feel like he's talking down to us. It felt like for six years we were being preached to 
Um, oh my gosh, it is a different, it's a different environment entirely. And, and I'm a guy who, and I'm saying this for the first time publicly, I defended the heck out of Brockman right. off for six years. I am so glad, nothing against him. No, and not, he's not a bad person. Right. Not saying that at all. There are some people that I've covered who I don't like, and, and I'll tell you, I didn't like him. Um, but you, you couldn't get to know him because he was so aloof. And his coaching staff, they were, they, they all came from BYU right. they together. Were they, they were all, right. they were all of a, a very close, close knit religious order and they didn't let outsiders in. And we didn't get into that. And, and Tony Elliott is the exact opposite of that. Here's, here's my, again, I'll use your words, first public take. Uh-huh. Okay. If you ask me to list the 10, my 10 favorite people in the world, Tony Bennett's on that list. My, my history with Tony Bennett, supersedes what he did at UVA. I remember making the phone call to you the day you guys hired him away from Wazoo. I said, man, if you guys give him some space, I didn't say he would win a national championship. I go, you guys give him some space. If you guys give him a space, he's going to do something there. That's what I said the day. I said, now, fast forward. I'm hearing this. Now, Bronco. Now, again, I'm not questioning Tony. Tony Ellett hire was a phenomenal hire. It came down to whether he was going to take Dukes off or project. Phenomenal hire. I, I said, out loud, I said, thank God Tony doesn't need a new building. Tony. Bennett. My, well, he's already got uh, a right. My wife goes, what do you mean? I said, because now what's happening is my problem with, with that transition was people were saying, good, that guy's gone. Here, let's, here's some money now. Yeah, that guy's gone. I said, because all of this. That's is, a perception that's not true. Though, again, though, again, in Tony Bennett's case, what's the thing about Tony Bennett? Okay. Again, oh, he's. He coaches a style. You, I've read six columns where you're having to defend Kia Clark. There's something wrong in society if you're having to defend Kia Clark. And Tony, Tony doesn't like the spotlight. Tony, Tony doesn't want a national radio show. Tony <laughs> wants to just coach a basketball team. He would Tony's, Tony's kind of boring. Okay, he'd be I, happy being a high school English teacher in high school basketball. There you go. He would. Be. I, 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 I said, hey, it, when he wins, he wins his way. It is beautiful. I said, but when you coach that style, okay, and you lose, that's when your fan base is going to go, oh, my God. I think the UVA fan base is, is pretty well educated, though. Um, the, you know, they, I, when I watch an NBA game and see a 24-second shot clock violation, I pat my head. And that's what Virginia, Virginia fans cheer louder for shot clock violations than no one else, no one else cheers for shot clock violations. Right. So. No, the Virginia fan base is, is, is you know, the, the I write about um, offensive and defensive efficiency, low, low possession games, and my stories get well read. So um, it's a pretty it's a pretty educated fan base. Yes, there are people just like with every fan base. There, there are the people who are loud about T.A. Clark, not because of the style of play. Nobody's saying, let's go play fast break basketball right. um, because there's a banner hanging. Um, and who helped hang that banner? Well, be T.A. Clark. Well, of course, Kia Clark, but the banner's hanging because of Tony Bennett. But I have to be honest, I don't know Tony Bennett personally either. Tony Bennett is, is very much in a, in a similar mode of um, of Bronco Mendenhall. He's not a guy that you talk to one-on-one. Correct. Uh, he has a very good uh, media relations person who keeps you away from him. <laughs> so, again. Whereas Bron O'Connor, the baseball coach, talked with him numerous times. You, you want to? I'm, I'm driving back from my daughter's house, the one that's a, U, a professor down at UVA, uh, UGA. I'm coming back, and I can't find something on the radio. And I, I end up landing on a sports talk radio show where they're interviewing somebody. I have no idea who they're interviewing. 
this guy sounds like a combination of me and you, okay? And the amount of polish that he has, the amount of not not showmanship, but selling a product and and, and talking up in depth and the and what he's doing. And I I I, I, mean, I don't know who I'm listening to. At the end of the hour, I, I know now I'm listening to a baseball coach. Okay, it turns out I was listening to the Clemson baseball coach. And I, I before that hour, I knew nothing about him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm just sitting there. I go. I, I, the, one of the things that when I'm referring to where Tony is concerned, Tony Bennett, Tony, Bennett. there's two Tonys in Virginia yes, now. You yes. say, <laughs> where Tony Bennett is concerned. <laughs> uh, you and I a hundred percent agree in his life, in what we perceive to be his lifestyle. Okay. We, we don't, we don't hang out with him. We don't live in his house. He, as you said, very elegantly, he would be just as happy teaching high school somewhere and coaching a team. That guy's not going to ever go out and raise $300 million. It's not his job. It's not his character. It's not his personality. So what I was hearing was people say, this is what's wrong with Bronco. And I'm going, I feel like a lot of what they're saying could also be said about Tony. Nah, it was yeah. the, 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 the aloofness of, of Bronco. It was almost, it felt professorial and it felt like, I mean, as a person who sat in a room with him a lot and didn't get to talk to him one-on-one. Actually, I talked to him one-on-one once at the, before the belt bowl. Um, but I, I I I don't want to cast aspersions. I just felt like it, you know he was he was he was he, he's he's different. Tony Tony feels humble. Tony, the humility is part of his five pillars. There you go. Bronco Bronco came across like he felt like he was the smartest guy in the room. Now and, you're describing Joe Paterno. Well, <laughs> and, and and I don't. I, I God, I hate to I hate to say bad things about people when they're gone, but um, that's what I and I felt like. You know, whenever the the and, and there were rightful criticisms um, about the 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 offensive style of play, um, defensive style of play, um, he didn't like those questions. You know, and and the difference being that Tony um, has a banner hanging, right? And and Bronco got a program that was on the doormat and got it up to to mediocrity, right? Which is an it's an improvement. But he got it to mediocrity. But, um, you know, your record at the end of the day is what your record is, according to Bill Parcells. And And now we go back to my statement about David Cutcliffe. If I felt that David, all that was wrong with Duke in football was David Cutcliffe. That, Chris, I'm telling you, if Nick Saban took the job next year, they're not going nine and three. They still have to get the kids in the school. Spurrier Spurrier did well. He, 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 he He did well for a year. And, and he's, he still, to this day, remains grateful. He was the guy when he was still actively coaching. You'd see, the no matter how bad Duke was, others receiving votes, okay? Preseason poll, you'd see Duke with one. That was Spurrier. He he never forgot. They were the one that gave him the job. Yeah, yeah. Okay? And I had... But they wouldn't go... Duke football is not going to go 12-0 and, and get to a playoff. Correct. Never. So, correct. And Virginia so football is not going to either. I'm saying you've got a guy who is as respected as anybody in the country. And David Cutcliffe, okay, are you telling me, okay, now, first of all, here's the other misconception, okay, they're not going to have 32,000 people in that stadium next year. Have they ever had? Have they, Correct, a, there you go, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, going, yeah. I'm going, I'm going, I just, I don't, again, if, if, if Steve Elko, he sounds like a solid guy, people are saying all the right things, if, if he, if, if he goes nine and three, I'll come down and I'll say, hey, I was wrong, I'm, that's what I meant when I said, I said, sometimes it's, I don't think Duke is ever going to win a national championship in football. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. It just you agree with. I don't. Me, right? And I don't think Virginia is either. So you have a guy. Again, I, I'm not speaking for Bronco now. I'm speaking for Cut. Okay. I, I, I was sitting there one night, one day at, at a Memphis. Duke's playing at Memphis, and I, I see a guy that looks a lot like Anthony Boone. And I said, "Sir, can I?" He's in the hot dog line or something. And I said, "Sir, are you are you Anthony's father?" And he goes, "I am." And I said, "Can I have a minute of your time?" And he goes, yeah, absolutely. I said, I said, I believe that David Cutcliffe is a one-of-a-kind human being that is head and shoulders above anybody else in the business and who he is and how he does it. I said, the difference is he didn't recruit my son. He came into your living room. I said, tell me how that went. He said, every word out of the man, man's mouth was the absolute truth. He didn't promise us anything. He didn't, Anthony Boone was a better baseball player than he was a football player. Okay. He goes, he goes, he goes, Coach Cutcliffe was as honest with me and his mother and with him as somebody could be. He goes, as a parent, that's all that you want. You know, I, I said, I said, I just wanted to confirm. I, I said, I'm I'm sitting here now. Fast forward, that fast forward to it's meet the Blue Devils Day. Okay. Now we're we're yes, we we give money there. But yet by comparison, it's like saying there's a quarter on the floor. It's, I'm not going to act like I'm something that I'm not. My wife and I give money to to do. When Rebecca was at UVA, we gave a substantial amount of money to UVA. So we're sitting there in line, and there's like 400 people in line to talk to Cutcliffe. And I go, what is this? What, 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 what's, what's, what, what's going on here? I don't understand this. So we wait in line, we wait in line, we wait in line. We're not wearing Duke clothes. We're not wearing fancy clothes. Uh, I'm wearing a Charleston battery shirt, okay? We finally, it's our turn to talk to David Cutcliffe. You know what David Cutcliffe does? He treats me like I matter. He treats my wife like he, like, uh, like she matters. He, he gave, he, the reason the line was 400 people deep, he gave everybody five minutes. But here, here's a question for you, man. Sure. How much, how much of, I mean, we don't know, I don't, I don't, I've never seen what he was paid because Duke's a private institution. They, right. Those the numbers are all speculative. When you talk about private institutions, UVA, Tech, and other public schools, you know what they got paid. Let's just presume he got paid a couple million dollars a year because okay. UVA and Tech are paying their guys four million dollars a year. I don't think yeah. Duke's paying the same as what the, the, the public schools are, but they're probably close. So he's getting paid two million dollars a year. How much of that money is being the the nice guy who recruits athletes and graduates them, yeah. and how much of that is we, we we need to win games. Again, it, you mentioned you mentioned what Bronco inherited. Okay, Bronco inherited a train wreck. Cutcliffe inherited a program where John Feinstein was publicly writing, "Can you guys quit playing football? You're embarrassing us." But then he built it up, and right. it's retracted. Right. He, he, correct. When the year that we went to, just like Jim Grove at Wake Forest. Yes, the year that we went, the year that we went to the ACC championship game one team game I, I told Len I said enjoy this because <laughs> it's never gonna happen but, but that's but the, the so he's making let's just two million dollars a year okay okay so division three football coaches right. who are better be nice people right right um and uh recruit athletes to graduate because they're division three they you know you, right. you want them to go for four years and graduate you want them to get a degree correct they make about eighty thousand a year they don't make two million dollars a year Correct. And most of those guys, I mean, Mike Clark at, uh, at Bridgewater, um, he was a former Virginia Tech assistant, got let go there when Frank Beamer was told, 
you need to fire your staff and start over. We're firing you. And he fired most of his staff. And Mike Clark was one of those guys. Went to Bridgewater, just retired, I think, a couple of years ago, maybe a year ago. Um, had a solid run, making 80000 a year. He went, to a, he went to a national championship game at, at Bridgewater um, 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago or so. But he's not making $2 million a year. Right. So my, I guess what I'm, I'm with the question I'm asking is, is a certain amount of that money is, is there to be the guy recruiting athletes to graduate and make sure that they're doing all the right things. A certain amount of that money is we got to pull down. We got to do our part to win games. And if, and if, if the determination is made by a new athletics director, right? Relatively new athletics director. Absolutely. That we're not winning enough games. It's a business. It's two things. It was twofold. We're not winning enough games. Okay. And we're not selling enough tickets. It was both. Wait, but they go hand in hand. Right. If you're if you're not in three Duke, you're 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 filling up a small stadium. The only time Duke Stadium was ever filled, two times. Virginia Tech, because Virginia Tech fans came, and Alabama, because people had a chance to see Alabama. Again, I, I you think you've sat in Scott Stadium and you're thinking, my God, it's only half full. I've sat in Wallace Wade, and I'm counting the people. Well, so the then I'll go back to what I said earlier about how the ticket revenues at a school are about 20% of your overall revenues. You know, you feel like you've got to earn the other 60% of your revenues. In one of the conversations on that same note, and you're going to, I'm just counting on you to say I want to stop. Sure, I mean, sure. I'll talk to it's you. It's Friday afternoon. Right. So now <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm, I'm watching a high school softball game, and somebody's raving about Clemson and Duke. Okay. They just put these teams together, okay? I, I again, I, the perception is I'm going to brag on Duke. I said, actually, the greater thing here, okay, is is the greater story is Clemson. I said, yes, Duke got really good at softball because a Duke edu- education is going to cost you close to half a million dollars. So, yes, if you're a good softball player and you have a chance to go to a school that's going to call, and I, I'm not taking anything away from Clemson. I'm not. I said, so if you ask me, I'm more impressed with what Clemson did. I'm more impressed with the fact that Clemson went from scratch. Again, what did they have to do? They had to go through the transfer portal. They had, you, you can't bring a group of freshmen in. So now the question with both of those programs will be, okay, will, will be now can they follow it up with recruiting? It, it, again, I was sitting there going, Another great uh, uh, Daniel Jones moment. He's going to have an interesting year this year. Again, UVA, the same way that UVA made Paolo look like he didn't belong on the court. Bronco just, he was the only coach in the league that just crushed Cutcliffe, even when Cutcliffe was good. So Daniel Jones is, is playing a game, and Parker is the kid's first name, who's the backup quarterback. Daniel Jones throws six interceptions that day. Mm-hmm. 14 for 42, six right. INTs, yes. David Cutcliffe doesn't pull him, okay? If, if Parker is a student at Clemson, okay, he's in the transfer portal next week. And he goes, if I'm not getting in a game where my quarterback got picked, the guy in front of me got picked off six times, mm-hmm. I'm never getting in a game. Uh-huh. But do you know what he is getting? A half a million dollar education. Yeah. yeah. Again, I, I'm sitting in the- There's people leaving Duke and Virginia, though, for and they're short-sighted when they do so, other, you know, in, in, in sports, uh, who want playing time. Um, the, the, I don't know why they do it, the but young they do. Man, the young man that started out at Clemson, okay, 
And I followed him this year. I went to Appalachian State games this year because I won, even though he left Duke. So they, that that happened. They the Super Bowl. They, uh, I'm just drawing a blank on his name. The, the the quarterback who was the backup, Trevor Lawrence, comes out. And oh, I, I know you're talking. I, I can't think of his name either. He just he just graduated from App State. So anyway, he's um, Gabo. Gabo reaches out to cut and says, "I've got a guy." I've got a guy. Chase Bryce. Yes, Chase. I said, I've got a guy I want to I want to send your way. And I'm going, this might be the second best quarterback in the ACC. I'm telling Lynn, I go, hey, we might, we might win nine games. And I said, but, and I said, but you know what Chase is not bringing with him? Offensive line. <laughs> offensive line. My wife would go nuts because Cut Cut's favorite play was to hit the, the, the speedy wideout after he's taken two steps. She goes, I hate that play. Why do we run that play? I said, because. It's the only way you can keep Daniel Jones upright. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's, that's you know, the tough part. Yeah. I, 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 so I said to Chase, Chase played a year, and it was it was the COVID year, which threw everything off. We went from four cupcakes to open up 4-0 to playing at Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Had to play 10 ACC games. Everybody did that year. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So Chase says, check, please. Yeah. I, and again, I could say, well, he left. I said, no, I, I like the kid. So I, that's when I, anytime you saw that I was at an Appalachian State game, it was watching Chase Bryce. Yeah, yeah. But no, as you're sitting here, as you're going through it, the, the beauty of it is anytime you want to have a conversation about sports, if you're having it with the wrong person, all their, all their point is, I'm going to show you up. I'm going to yell louder than you. I'm going to tell you that you're stupid. So all of the years that we did all the podcasts, uh -huh. I tried to come up with questions yeah, yeah. that wouldn't, that couldn't lead to that. Yeah, I, yeah. One of my favorite ones, I said, here, I go, here you go. I said, if Bear Bryant's best team, okay, played Nick Saban's best team, I'm not going to ask you who would win. I asked you what? Who would you pull for? Who 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 would you who would you pull for? It depends on what, if if it was a Bear Bryant all white team or a there Bear you Bryant go. Team. There yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> There's certain people that you know as you as you go through it, you're going, hey, uh, uh, <laughs> again, it, it, it's funny. Um, you know, as you go, I, University of Georgia. Okay, I got to sit in their stadium with their ninety eight thousand people, and somebody goes, "What's your thoughts on the University of Georgia?" I said, "I need them to play football." Someone goes, no, you mean you need them to, I said, no, 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 I don't need them to win football. I need them to play football because they make $10 million every Saturday and it helps pay my, my daughter's mm -hmm. uh, salary. But they need to win to keep that. Going there you go. That's the, that, that's the other half of it. They, they yeah. weren't, they weren't, they, they had a down period. Right. They had a down period. So, and, and I'm living through that now in Virginia. Um, I can't wait to be back in a full stadium. I haven't been in a full football stadium for, 15 years, I, you know, I don't know what it's like to be in a full football stadium. And, and even in, in, in 2019 against Virginia Tech, it wasn't full. When, and when Virginia finally broke the losing streak to Virginia Tech, it wasn't full. So um, I'm looking forward to that. It'll be a lot of fun. It, it, and I, I will be looking forward as well. Just know that I'll be in my couch watching my really big TV. Well, there's probably tickets for less than 35 bucks, and you don't have to get on a plane to go to Charlottesville. There you go. There you go. There you go. It says four good games in November, I'm and I'm not being paid by the Virginia Athletics Department to sell you on tickets, or or the listeners. Hey, but let's let's take a second, because you and I were critical of them last year. I felt they really stepped up their game trying to sell those tickets towards the end. They did. I, I, I felt like they at least – you saw some effort. The, and, and then 
Um, we've both been there, and we'll be wrapping up here soon because you probably got to get on the road too. Um, then I was at a Fred Nats game this past weekend, and love the park, love the park. But you know, I, I, because you asked me one year to help you with the generals, and I, I helped out with the Waynesboro Generals Valley team, which they open tonight. And I'll be, Chris and I will be going to that game in a few hours as we're recording this. Um, we we had to pay attention to other parts of the game other than the baseball game, including game ops. Um, and the Fred Nats have game ops down better than I've seen anybody ever have game show. ops down. They do great stuff on the field, but then they're they're all their their staff who are walking around with those headsets and walkie talkies, and they're they they deal with any fan issues, even very small fan issues, so quickly and efficiently. And I'm thinking. I need to send Carla Williams to a Fred Nats game to learn how to do game day. Not her, because it's, you know, obviously they have people on staff who do this, but boy, if I sent her there to a game and then she went back home and said, we got to step it because at Davenport field, it's nothing like that. They almost make you feel like you're intruding on their territory to come to watch a baseball game. Um, it's kind of similar at football games. Um, and so, yeah, we got to do a better job selling tickets. We Virginia, we got to do a better job treating the fans like they're fans and not like they're trespassers. Not like they're fill-ins on a, on a movie set. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Fred Nats, the Fred, I felt, I've, you know, I, I spent, a, I ended up dropping some money there. I got this Fred Nats jersey. I got a, I got a great Fred Nats hat somewhere I got, right here. I got a handful of things for that. Yeah, okay. and it was, they earned that money. Where the park was concerned. I, I, I'm still, I did something last year without going into a ton of details. I, I had an opportunity to buy another baseball team, mm -hmm. okay? And it was one I was given serious thought to because I've learned a lot, okay, about the the game. From uh, two, from 2009, right? On. Since then, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I, I, so I, I, I was sitting there and I was giving it some serious consideration and I started noticing what other people were doing and what promotions they were running and and all of the, all of the things. And I was sitting there going, hmm. I said, I... I, the CP, the CPL, which the, the Coastal Plains League, they're doing some stuff. Yeah. They're doing some stuff. They're doing creative stuff that uh, the team that plays just south of Richmond in in between Colonial Heights and Petersburg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. They have they have what they have a luxury box. That's it's a redneck luxury box with some blown up seats. Okay. But you get you know, you're just sitting there and you're. We were trying to do the same kind of things that yeah. year with the generals. Yeah. A little ahead of our time. We were, yeah, we yeah. bit off a little more than we could chew, but we tried. Right? The, the, right. the speed gun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, it, it's just, I, people were lining up to do it. Everybody went, why are you going to spend $2,000? I said, because I want the fans to have fun. My favorite memory that night was when we had turned back the clock night. We're selling RC colas and moon pies for a quarter, and we had a 50s dance contest. It has to be more. You're going to get a diehard baseball fan. Yeah. to watch baseball anybody else chris i think they want to be entertained they still have fun yeah, they want to have fun. they're gonna be there for three hours they want to have fun and, and i hear cindy lopper in the background singing. yeah <laughs> and, and i think i think i mean i i go you know i'm, I'm a regular at, at in charlottesville and i think uva can do a better job of that i bet everybody can do a better job of that the fred nets though is who i'd send people to go watch and that's and a great example all Absolutely. all those young folks uh walking around dealing with it. crystal and i were standing room only but we stood like sort of behind home plate and we were just watching Strasburg pitch and then in the other half inning we would be watching these these kids working this game and right. listening to their conversations and and um uh yeah I think 
I think sports uh, needs to do a better job with that in general. I mean, it, at the Nats game, with the, the Washington Nats game we went to last week, boy, those folks were so nice. The, the ushers were wiping your seats off. And one time, Chris and I went down between innings to take a photo of ourselves, ourselves, and the usher came down and said, can I do this for you? Like, wow, this is so nice. I'm not used to being treated this way. The day, the day of the, the shooting, the subway shooting in New York, uh-huh. okay, during TNT, I didn't watch them. I don't even know what who played the game. I wanted to hear Barkley and those guys. I wanted to hear their take on it. Yeah. And and their take is, and they put it on the politicians. Yeah. They said we have to start somewhere. Yeah. We have to start being nicer to each other. Yeah. We have. He goes. He goes. And you guys are some of the people we use for examples. And Chris, I think we're all examples. Yeah. I think we're all examples. Yeah. I said yeah. if everybody could just be a little bit nicer. Yeah. You mentioned the usher. The usher takes your picture. You remember that? Oh yeah. yeah. Anytime somebody, go, you know, I I, I I I raised my kids when they were. I said, guys, listen. If somebody goes to the store at the time, a Snicker bar was a quarter. I said, if somebody spends a quarter on you, you look them in the eye, you say thank you, because nobody owes you anything. Yeah. I I said again. I said you, you can't start a national campaign. But if I could, it would be, can we just be nicer to each other? Yeah, that's what your foundation should be. <laughs> be nice. Come on, can we just be nicer to each other foundation? Yeah. Well, Jerry, this has always has been a great conversation. And for our listeners out there, I'm sure that there were a lot of good tidbits uh, to pull in uh, from all over. The, I mean, we covered everything in sports. We covered everything from money in sports to college basketball to college football, college softball, um, how nice ushers should be, uh, everything else. Um, I, I want to add one. Uh, okay, here's what we didn't do. Uh-huh. Okay, we never went Stephen A. Smith and tried <laughs> to outshout each other. Okay, I said we never we never went to the Saturday Night Live where we try to show each other up. Yeah. I said you can have a civil conversation. Be more like Marty Smith. Okay, now the fact here here's an example. Well, Marty Smith is white. Okay, Stephen A. Smith is is an African American. That's not a, that's not a racial statement. Kudos to Stephen A. Smith for banking what he banked. Because Skip Bayless is white and he's just go. as annoying. Right. <laughs> it's said, not more. <laughs> I, I, I said, if somebody wants me to point to somebody and say, let that guy be your role model, okay, it's, it's Marty Smith. It's just... Yeah. But Marty doesn't pull down the money that Stephen A. does, unfortunately right. for Marty. And he doesn't draw the ratings. And unfortunately for our world. But boy, can he tell a story. <laughs> he can, he tell, can a story. tell a story. <laughs> he can tell a story. He definitely can spin a yarn. Um, <laughs> that's the, the Southwest Virginian in him, I'm sure, though. Um, well, Jerry, again, thank you for your time. For our listeners out there, hope you guys enjoyed this. And uh, we will talk to you again soon.